Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. <laughs> I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring people to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. People always talk about their purpose or gifts. If you have a gift, lead with your gift. And don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My guests today are a power couple. Rashawn Casey, known as DJ Envy, and Gia Casey. They host a popular podcast, The Casey Crew. Their podcast explores the good, bad, and ugly sides of relationships and family life. It has been ranked by Essence as one of the best podcasts about Black love and family. Rashawn is also host of the popular Breakfast Club alongside Charlemagne the God and Angela Lee. He currently lives with his wife, Gia, in the New Jersey area. Their book, which we'll be just reading about today and talking about, because I've read it last night and read it this morning. Actually, I read it twice. It's a very entertaining narrative about how to grow together in a relationship. And the aspiration guidebook for people who seek the same unconditional love in their relationship and an in-depth look at how to remain equals after being thrust into the public eye. In it, the cases share their love story and the different journeys they look and experience to maintain this long-standing relationship. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Rashawn Casey and Gia Casey. How y'all doing? Hey. We are wonderful. Thanks for having us. Well, for, let, let's give some little ground. Like, my name is Rashawn. If you don't mind for yes. the interview, can I just call you DJ Envy so we won't? 
Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, cool, cool, of course. Cool, cool. I just want to get everything correct. Put your name a little wrong. I spelled my R capital S H A U N. So I'll let His you know. Mother got very creative. Okay. In oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, the, you know, when you write a book like this, I've been I've been blessed. You know, I, I've been with Steve Harvey when he wrote his "Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man." And I was able to market that. And we sold three million copies and and. 30 languages worldwide. And when you we, and I like the book, first of all, it is, it is, it's not about color, which I think is really smart because the concerns that you have here personally impact everybody. Was there a conscious effort to not, not make it a, a book for black women, or a book for black men? Because it's a book about men and women. No, I don't think it's, so. It's a book about love and finding true love, growing in that true love and mm-hmm. maintaining it. Mm-hmm. So for us, love is universal. Mm-hmm. So it could speak to anyone specifically. If mm-hmm. you desire love in your life, it speaks to you. Yeah. You know, I, I remember when I was in high school and uh, I, had a, I had a best friend and he, he met his, met his, who he eventually married, met her in the ninth grade and 10th grade and they married. And, I, and it always has blown me away that, wow, how did they f- understand that relationship that that was them? Because I didn't get married till I was 32, and I've been married for 33 years. As you know, there's a journey in those 33 years, as there's a journey in your book. And so, and I've had my share with ups and downs and personality conflicts with my wife, so there's no perfection in there. And then I read about your book, you know, meeting at 16 years of age, you, you running track, he's in this blue con, Edison bands, basically trying to seek your attention and all this stuff. I don't know how you're going to seek your attention in a used Con Edison van, but he thought he had it all going on. <laughs> how, how though, you know, you know, how, how did y'all know? And that always, uh, I always feel that's a blessing in my case, because I didn't see it and understand the ability to say I could love somebody and then say, this is the person I want to be with for the rest of my life. I start with you, DJ Envy. Yeah, I think I knew right away. Uh, like I said, when I was in high school, I wasn't, as my mom would say, the cat's meow, right? I was, you're a pretty uh, handsome guy uh, now. You need to stop now. You're a pretty handsome <laughs> guy. You're a pretty handsome now, guy. I'll take that now. But back then, I was five <laughs> foot four. I had glasses, braces, and I, was, I, wasn't the, I wasn't the cutest out there. So when I seen her, she was my everything. She was the most beautiful girl I ever seen in my life. And just to tell everybody out there, like I said, yes, I would stalk her at track, but you know, just imagine you're, you're 16, she's 15, she's running track, and right. you know, those track outfits are tight and skimpy, and I used to watch it, and back, and she had double Ds, and I would just sit there and watch her run over the and I knew right there I was in love, and then when I finally got a chance to, when we got a chance to talk and speak, and she was so smart, and but she had just, she was her what she wanted to do in life and mm-hmm. just everything about her was just like, this is mine. Like, I want this. I want to marry her right now if I could. And I knew from then, then on that that was going to be my wife. Okay, now see, that is not in the book. The five, four glasses is not described in the book now. So, <laughs> so, so, so I take back that handsome line I gave to you, DJ. Okay, now let's go over to Gia. You yeah. running around this track, you know, just, what were you, 100, 200, 400? What were you? I was a 200 and the 400. Oh, she came around that curve on you, brother. She came around that curve on you. <laughs> so, so here's this five foot four, glass wearing dude in a Con Edison blue van, <laughs> gave you his number to you, and you were supposed to call him, but you didn't call him. 
was to, I why? Him, I didn't call him right away. I had just transferred into his school. Oh, okay, uh, okay. As a junior, I skipped a grade mm-hmm. and I should have been a sophomore, but I was a junior uh-huh. and I was fresh meat at the school. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of attention and I wanted to gauge my prospects. I wanted to see, you know, where these other potential relationships would go. But he was so persistent. Right. He acted like a man who knew what he wanted Mm -hmm. and going to go after it at all costs. And that impressed me. And there's a story attached to it, but I'll leave that for those that are interested in reading. You can't tell everything. But when he finally got my attention and we began speaking on the phone, we'd be on the phone for six hours, seven hours, eight hours until the sun came up until we had to get ready for school the next day. And it took about maybe two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I remember having this epiphany and thinking to myself, I'm going to marry this kid. Like we're going to be together forever. And it was such a strong feeling. It was a knowing. And that's part of the magic that we speak of in the title, the joys and pains and the magic that held us together. And that was part of it. It was that early knowing there was something special. If you believe in soulmates, um, I think probably the closest thing to a soulmate that I could describe even at that young age and even with that little experience. Okay, because, okay, we in high school, go through that whole thing and then you graduate and you go to college like 15 minutes apart from each other in college. Yeah. Yep. And yep. you yes. went to an HBCU, sir. Yeah, I went to Hampton University, the real HU. Yes, sir. Yes, I've heard that so many times. One of my employees, Samantha Taylor, that's all I hear all the time, the real HU, the real HU. So why the real HU and not D.C., the other HU? Okay, well, you know, coming from New York... Whose name we do not speak. (laughs) (laughs) Coming from New York, you know, I do the HBCU run, right? And the HBCU run is Morgan, then it's Howard, then it's it's, it's Virginia Union, then Hampton, then it's Morehouse. My mom wanted me to go to Morehouse. She wanted me to be a Morehouse man. I was the first person in my family to go to college, first person in my family to graduate. But then I had my boo in New York. And Morehouse is too far of a drive. And back then, I couldn't afford a flight, so I would have to drive. Yes, sir. So Hampton was six hours away. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll go to Hampton. Mm-hmm. She'll go to Old Dominion. And we can still be there. And I could drive home every week. And it's a six-hour drive. So Hampton University was the college I chose. And when because we, we've seen a popularity surge in HBCUs now, you know, especially after 2020 large donations. What did it do for you as an individual? And why would you recommend a person, I'm sure, to go to an HBCU? Because it benefited you. And it also, when I look back, I throw out numbers all the time. 80% of the doctors and dentists who are black come from HBCU. 40% of the members of Congress come from HBCU. 50% of the public school teachers come from HBCU. These numbers people don't know. How did it impact you? Well, many different ways. One, um, me being in the entertainment industry, I was from New York. All I knew was New York. Right. So going to HBCU, I had a roommate from Mississippi that put me on to music from Mississippi. Mm -hmm. I had roommates from Indiana that put me on from music from Indiana. But not only that, I would travel with them back home and see how they lived. And it opened me my, my taste up to other types of music. But not only that, when I'm in school, 
That's one thing I don't have to worry about. I don't have to worry about the racist teacher and the racism in my school. Right. I right. can concentrate on learning. And the teachers at HBCUs, they want you to win just a little bit more. Right. So they're going to put their arm around you. If you're having a problem or you're having a situation, they're going to help you a little more. If there's a problem back home, if you can't afford something, if financial or stress back home, they're going to put their arm around you. And it's more of a family member helping you opposed to just somebody that's out there that has to get their check and they're, they're going to get paid on Friday. They don't really care about you. Like they are going to be there. I remember um, I had a situation where I could not figure calculus out. It was one of those things. I, it was just hard for me. Numbers were googly glah. And that teacher would would come to my apartment. That teacher would meet me in the library. That teacher would make sure I knew what I was doing. Even if she said, look, we're going to have lunch in my office and we're going to learn this. And that's what it was. And, and, and she stayed with me until I got it right. You know, and that's some of the things we don't experience I don't think they experience it any other college. My daughter goes to NYU and she doesn't say the same thing. So that's the type of thing that I experienced at HBCU. We know it's really interesting when I'm watching you talk, Gia, you're very in tune to him talking. And is that, is it because, I, you know, so that's, a, that's a relationship that's like, I know it's been long-term, you know, like my wife, she'll watch me. I go, just, I can just feel her just watching my words come out of my mouth. Sometimes she'll go, you shouldn't have said that. You know, <laughs> later on, you know, she go. You could have said this differently. You know, she produces my radio show, and you know, I, I, at the end of the radio show, I get a call. Well, you know, you shouldn't have said ain't, and you really, you really was a little Love bit it. too selfish on that call right there, and things like that. So, is she? Am I seeing a life producer, a radio producer, a podcast producer? My wife and I are kindred spirits. We <laughs> get off of the Breakfast Club every day, uh, and he calls. Say to the breakfast club, he right. calls when he's home from the breakfast right. club or wherever he's going next. <laughs> and I critique, and he's been on breakfast club is what, 10 years? 12 years. 12 years. <laughs> I love and it. Every day we have a conversation about the way that he handled different things or the way that he phrased different things or his take on different things. So I'm always critiquing him and it's because I'm in his corner and it's because I want the best for him. Mm -hmm. And I know his potential and I want him to be the very best at reaching it. So I do everything that I possibly can to try to support him and hold him up. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Let me ask you this because, see, I couldn't deal with criticism, DJ. And, um, you know. I was like, yes, I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. You know, I, I, I really couldn't. That's what I'm telling you. Some, twice. I've read it twice. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> because, you know, you go through and you go 33 years of marriage, you go, okay. And, and so, because in my own way, because when you talk about being having a controlling personality, in your book, you, several chapters you talk about that. I love the one where you put over your shoulder and and, and, and walked her out of the party. I went, okay, he really crazy. He, he really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not PC, but I got to say he crazy right now. Okay, he going to Tarzan her right out of the damn party. Like, like, like she going to go, okay, I'm cool with that. Okay, honey. I'm looking at who I'm, who I'm looking at right now. No. That wouldn't happen, bro. No. She got a reputation to deal with, and you ain't going to ruin it here. Okay? I love you, but not that much, okay? Cross the line, <laughs> Captain Stupid, okay? And so, and so, so the reason I asked that is that it took me a minute to admit that I needed her to be critical of me. And I wouldn't say the word critical, 
but I would say that um, I needed somebody to check me. Mm. You know, and because when you get successful, as you know, very few people start checking you because some of them have, they get, they ain't gonna check you because they don't want to lose their check. Or you become so influential that you can persuade them out of their point of view. Right. So once or I realize. Huh? Or they're just yes people. Yeah, but you, but still, he's gifted though. He's gifted. <laughs> and so he's a gifted communicator. And so if you're a gifted communicator, because I know I am, and somebody can come to me with the best debate in the world, and I go, Okay, whatever. Uh, whatever them away, and they just shut down. They go, okay. He just said whatever. How do I get out of this? So when I when I, I only say that, be say is that I found the book very relatable for me, and very comforting for me because of the fact that and I and I come back to you when I when I see the word control and it feels like a giant sea in the book, and to me it was just an admission, as I had to admit that we all have to respect information. And receive mm-hmm. information. And I think that once you accepted receiving information, that's where the true trust came into the relationship. That's where it came into the mind. Is is I'm hitting any areas that made sense to you, DJ Envy? No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, one thing about I would say about my wife, and sometimes I don't know if you're a Virgo brother, but like sometimes I just don't like to to hear it. And I had to get to a point where I'm like, she's criticizing me and she's being critical because she wants to help me. She wants to make me better. Right. She sees things that can make me better. She's looking from the outside. And sometimes I wasn't accepting of that information. But now I'm at a point where I realize, no, if she's telling me something, she's trying to make sure I'm better, that I don't do it again, that I don't mess up, that I'm I'm being the best Rashawn or being the best DJ Envy that I can be. Right. And that's really important. So so when you was pushing back on the, you know, the advice, let's use the word advice, not criticism, not critique. When he was pushing back on advice, how did that make you feel, Gia? Did you did you feel at one point I just throw your hands up and go, he's not going to get it? Or how did that? Because this is all part of the relationship that people need to hear about. When they hit these walls in a relationship, you don't stop when you have somebody that, that you love. Sometimes you have to right. walk through the rocky points in order to extend the, the quality of the relationship. Right. Um, now, this was a perpetual thing, if right. I'm being honest. Absolutely. Uh, Mine I'm wasn't a, overnight now. Mine wasn't overnight. <laughs> I'm a self-admitted, um, somewhat perfectionist. I like to do things to the very best of my potential. Yes. My father used to say to me, if you're going to put your name on something, make sure that it's the very damn best that you're able to produce. Um, so I look at him that way because I respect him so much. And mm-hmm. I think that he is phenomenal at what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he would deflect my advice, as, as we agreed to put it, um, no, I never said to myself, well, I'm just going to throw my hands up because he's not being receptive because that would mean that I would be giving up on him. And I knew that if I kept knocking, if I kept knocking and kept knocking, eventually that that wall would come down. Right. And did. I was right. Um, I just had to learn how to be delicate about the things that I said and um, to approach him with kid gloves to make sure that I recognized all of the positive as well as whatever I perceived as things that could be done better. Because, you know, you can't just communicate with someone in that way, because if not, if you do, they feel as though they're being attacked. So I had to make sure that my intention was very clear to him and that it wasn't an attack. It was really because I believed him to be 
so much better than what he may have done that day. Right. I'm talking to Rashawn Casey and uh, otherwise known as DJ Envy and Gia Casey. Their book, a very, very great read. Uh, amazing uh, family photos in the end. Uh, he said he was a five foot uh, shorty with uh, glasses, but he's a real handsome guy back then too. Real life, real love, life lessons on joy, pain, and the magic that holds us together. In the 25 questions that ask yourself before you ask yourself before we get married, this is the one question that really... Uh, stuck with me. Will I want it for a lifetime? Yes. And, you know, when I, when I look at my life, you know, I had, I had success, a lot of success early in life. And I always tell people, when you have a career, you know, you never think about 40, 50, 60. And that's what a career is. Like you said, you've been doing the Breakfast Club 12 years. You know, is it eight more years? Is it 20 more years? Because that's what a career is. And so when you look at a relationship, we don't kind of see that either. We just say we are married and we don't start projecting 10, 15, 20 years. So when you say what I wanted for a lifetime, I would say I'm married because I wanted that was the person I loved, and I said I wanted to be with that person forever, but I never put the word lifetime on it. Can you can you help me with that with that statement that you mean when you say lifetime? Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't see anybody else in my life besides Gia as far as lifetime. I, I see us getting old together, uh, wiping each other's butts together. Uh, you know, if, if we all have to sip, sip, you know, through a straw because we have no teeth, I see us doing that together. I'm still, when she, when she walks by me, I'm still going to slap her on the bunkie and I'm sure she's still going to slap me <laughs> on my bunkie. We still going to hold hands and walk down the beach together. Like, this is my soulmate. Like, I don't see my life without anybody but her. And I look forward to those moments. I look forward to those times. I look forward to, you know, being 70 years old and, and the convertible still come back and we still riding around like we're 19 years old. I still look forward to those moments and I don't see my life without anybody besides her. See, the word lifetime, it seems like such a simple question, right? Yes. Do you want it for a lifetime? Yes. Well, I'm marrying him. Of course I want it for a lifetime. But how many people stop and actually think about that word, mm-hmm. lifetime, and what it actually means. The same way like they take for granted the word love and the meaning of love. Lifetime means now, yep. later, forever. Through all the stages, through all the ups and downs, through all of the changes to be there and to commit to it forever. Mm-hmm. People don't really sit back and think about it critically. They're so worried thinking about the wedding, mm-hmm. the spectacle of right. it, and the rapture of emotion that they're feeling at that present time. And they don't think about years from now and people gain weight, mm-hmm. people's looks change, people's personalities mm-hmm. change, mm-hmm. life and experiences change people. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be with that person committed, loyal, and everything else that comes along with marriage through all of those trials. Are you prepared for it? Are you willing to be there for a lifetime? People don't typically think about that. Oh, you good. You good, Jim. You really good. <laughs> you really, really good. I, I, I'm enjoying this. I'll I, I, I see you in my check. You know. <laughs> because I, 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 you know, because I, I felt in doing this interview, I had to be honest with you guys. I couldn't sit myself on a pedestal and not say that for 33 years, I had a perfect, I've had a perfect relationship. She is the person I'm going to die with. But I knew it was a point in my life that, you know, I got crazy. You know, success makes you crazy, makes you stupid, makes you disrespectful, makes you forget how you got there. 
Yes. Now, let me repeat that. Forget how you got there. Because Correct. you and and it, the line that really stood out for me in this book and we that, that really came into play with you is my wife didn't want to be my wife anymore. Mm-hmm. I've had that moment, my brother. But I thought I was making that decision. Mm-hmm. When you realized you weren't making that decision, tell us how it impacted you. That's a good question. Um, you know, this was a, 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 a crazy one because, you know, when I looked and it was my stupidity, but when I looked at people and I would read stories of me growing up and I hear somebody committed suicide or somebody trying to commit suicide, I always, I always thought they were soft, right? I always thought they were a sucker. And why would you want to do that until I got to the lowest ever? And when my wife said she didn't want to be my wife anymore, my life, I thought was over. I thought I couldn't be a good man. I couldn't be a good father. I couldn't be a good husband. I couldn't be a good lover. And it got to the point where I was so low. I really felt like me not being in this world will be better for her Mm -hmm. and better for my kids. Mm -hmm. And I was there. Like Mm -hmm. I was there. It was no longer. I thought that was soft. That's how I felt. I felt like me not being here would be better off for everybody else. And when my wife said she didn't want to be my wife anymore, I felt like life was gone. I felt right. like there was no there was no reason to live. Right. You know, here, here I am, a, a, a young fella at the time. I had a, a lot of money. We mm-hmm. had everything that we, we mm-hmm. thought we needed. Right. We had cars and homes and ill vacations and jewelry and shoes and bags and sneakers. And all of that meant nothing. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I wanted and the only thing that meant the most to me didn't want to be with me anymore. And at that moment right there, I didn't want to be anymore. And that's how I felt. Wow. And uh, you wanted to say something, Gia? No, I'll let you. I'll let you. Continue. Okay, cool. You know, because, see, it, it comes into play. Was, I have one child. And because mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to keep y'all long because I, I could be talking to y'all forever here because I enjoy the book and I enjoy talking to you guys. You know, you know, my one child, my wife said she didn't want to have because I was never home. I always tell people, you know, I did stand-up comic. I left stand-up comedy in 88 and went to New York and lived in New York for two years and lived in L.A. for 15 years. I think that the first part of our lives, I may have been, we may have been married like 12 years. We may have been together like three years in the same Good. place. And right. so, but, and I have a little tape of my daughter. Well, I kind of like to raise my daughter on the phone. And I have this, where she. She called, leave a message. I love you, Daddy. Bye, Daddy. And I gave it to her on her 21st birthday and just surprised her. And I and it says that your children are always watching, listening, and learning. That's a line from your book. Yeah. And and I want to turn to you, Gia, on this because I think that we forget that. We forget that just because we can be in another room talking, they don't see the body, they don't understand our body language. Just because we can raise our voice here, they don't hear that. In this book about relationship, can you play and let our listeners see and hear the importance of recognizing your children are always learning, they're always watching, and they're always listening? Yes. We are our children's first and most significant teachers. People think that when you have good children, they're just inherently that way, as though they just became good by happenstance or in the same respect bad as some parents like to describe their kids, which I don't agree with, but we'll let that go by happenstance. Mm -hmm. Um, When you have good children, it is because 
They were raised by parents or grandparents or whomever who was deliberate and very intentional about their upbringing, about the lessons that they were taught. That is vital. We don't just teach by sitting down and explaining things to our children. We teach by action. We teach simply by living. And children are always watching. Right. Even when they're not watching intentionally, they're always watching. Mm-hmm. They're learning. We lead by example. And they use our lives and how we deal with people, how we deal with situations as their first line mm-hmm. of reference points. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm around my children, I make sure that I'm on my best behavior because we try to find things intentionally and unintentionally to teach our children. For instance, Rashawn leads a very stressful life. He has, I don't know, six, seven different businesses. And that that requires a lot of time. It requires a lot of work, a lot of energy. Um, He's expended mentally all the time. His eyes are often low and... He tries his very best to not bring that into the house. Like he takes those shoes off at the door. Right. Sometimes it doesn't always work. And those shoes come inside the house with him. And sometimes I bear the brunt of it. Sometimes the kids bear the brunt of it. And with those same kid gloves that we talked about earlier, I might sit him down and say, you know what? When Logan asked you about whatever it was, um, you could have handled him a little bit differently. Um, I think that he probably walked away thinking that you didn't care, that you were yesing him, that you weren't really paying attention. So you might want to go and have a conversation with him. And Rashawn will perk up and say, okay, is that, is that really what you took away? Absolutely. That's what I took away. And he'll walk down the hall and go to Logan's room, knock on the door, sit down and apologize and say, you know what? I'm, I've been overworked this week and I didn't really have that much patience. I wasn't really there when you were talking to me. I am sorry. And let's have that conversation again. Let's, let's redo it. And my son not only gets to have his father present in those moments, but he's able to learn that apologizing isn't soft. Apologizing doesn't make you less of a man. A real man can admit when he's wrong. A real man can unveil his flaws and take accountability for it. We're teaching accountability, not just by the words, but by the actual actions. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's what his book is about, accountability. And, yes. and, and I, I love the fact that there's a great close. I, we, we, this, I can't end the interview better than what you just said because you, you scream out the word communicate, communicate, communicate. But also should be screamed out accountability, accountability, accountability. And also yes. should be screamed out if you're going to bring children into this world, accountability, accountability, as well as communicate, communicate, share responsibility. This book is a beautiful book. I want to thank you for allowing me to read it. I want to thank you for allowing me to share my life into your book because you poured into me words that I was able to pour back in conversation. A brilliant piece of work. Thank you, and uh, God bless y'all. Okay? Thank you so much. I just want to say, coming from you, that means the world to us. Now, this is, you know, I, I, you know, I, I am who I am, and, um, and people tell me I'm a straight shooter, and uh, I, don't, I don't have time to tell people a lie. But when I read the truth and, I, and I'm able to share it like this, and I've never, my wife hit this interview, she'll tell you, he's never talked like this on the radio to nobody. 
Wow. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. We are so Because she's just like you. Like, in, you know, you said, you know, in the book, it said you didn't do social media at one point. That's like her. You can't find a picture of her nowhere. Okay. And so, but well, I'm going to do my best and do what I do here. But thank you for the time. Again, you guys are fantastic. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Wonderful. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye, y'all. Stay safe. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. This week, I sat down with award-winning multimedia maverick, talent manager, executive producer, author, and CEO, Mona Scott-Young. She provides advice on taking the time to appreciate where you are. You got to keep it moving, keep it moving. But you know what I've been thinking about a lot, Rashawn, lately? Just the need to sit still for a minute. Thank you. And to appreciate where you are right now in the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's not about becoming complacent. It's about taking stock and showing yourself appreciation right right for what you've accomplished and then using that to propel you to the next stage because a lot of times like you said we go 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 that we don't stop to really recognize where we've come from where we are in the moment and how we can take all of that experience knowledge know-how you know and and use it as we move forward if you want to listen to this full interview with Mona Scott Young, it's available on moneymakingconversations.com. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. My guest on Money Making Conversations Masterclass, the featured guest is today is a therapist turned heart healthy food entrepreneur, Ashonia Scott. We're shining the spotlight on her Essie Marie salad dressing company so others can learn more about her heart healthy and delicious products handcrafted from her very own kitchen that is saving lives. She's based in Chicago. Their products are vegan, health, uh, heart healthy, low sodium, dairy free, gluten free and delicious dressing marinades and sauces. Ashonya Scott never intended to make history by creating something to help people suffer, suffering from such a preventable disease. Heart disease is affecting black people and women by astounding numbers. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass, Ashonia Scott. How you doing, Ms. Scott? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Rashawn. Well, let me just, because we're talking about heart disease. I remember, you know, that... Um, AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation. 
so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a silent killer, they always say. Heart disease, here's some facts, everybody. You know, I'm not trying to turn this into a dark show because I want to talk about you know, her salad dressing and she's an entrepreneur and how she's, she's trying to grow her brand and she, and her brand is tied mm-hmm. to salad dressing, but she's figured out a way to not only serve a great product, but also serve a great product and how that can also help you live longer. Heart disease mm-hmm. here's a fact is the leading cause mm-hmm. of death for men, women, and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States. Mm-hmm. One person dies every 36 seconds in the United States from cardiovascular disease. About a hundred and about six hundred and fifty-nine thousand, let me get that number correct. About six hundred and fifty-nine thousand people in the United States mm-hmm. die from heart disease each year. That's one in every four deaths. I'm, I'm making this statement. Was something personal motivated you that motivated you to create this line of uh salad dressing? Yes. Absolutely. Losing my mom when I was 15 and mm-hmm. feeling helpless. I felt helpless in that moment. Um, you know, she complained. She was normal that day. Totally normal. Normal activity, cooking, doing the usual household chores. And that evening she was just like, I need some air. She didn't know what it was, but she couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden she collapsed and said, you know, the last thing she said was make something of yourself. And that was the last time I saw her and heard from her. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, now so when, that, that impacted me in a it was a negative thing that impacted me in a positive way. Right. Because you didn't know. And and no. when did you find out what, you know, the exact reason for her death and how did that affect you? Because you had to, it was right. an educational period you had to go through to know it wasn't your mm-hmm. fault. It was something mm-hmm. that, you know. Somebody, some people said the word God's will or her time and all, you know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of cliches come out when people die unexpectedly. Yeah. And so exactly. how, how did that whole period of, of guilt, frustration, sadness uh, manifest itself into you being an entrepreneur who has an award winning salad dressing right now and marinate sauce? Well, it really, it, it changed me. You know, the sudden impact of losing her changed me. You know, it, it was eye opening 
And it was just something that made me realize like, wow, there's something, you know, that I need to do. You know, I need to make something of myself. Number one, that's what she said. So at that moment, I took nothing for granted. Like everything was intentional. Even finishing high school in three years, I, I, it, games were over. And so, you know, being helpless in that moment, I felt like I needed to be in healthcare. So I looked into becoming a nurse. That wasn't it. And that, so I found therapy. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's where I found my need to help other people. I but love, I love that, what you said, Miss Scott. You know, nursing wasn't it. The nurse, that wasn't it. <laughs> why, 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 why not nursing? You know, because you said it so quick. That wasn't me. Nursing wasn't yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> nursing is extremely, it's not as easy as it looks, you right, know? Right. Well, it's, it's, it's you know, a lot of people work. say, you know, like, I, I, I would love to be a doctor. But I, I am yeah. not the person uh-huh. you won't cut knowing you, okay? Because <laughs> I just don't have that. You know, it, it's it's like right. it's it's a, it's a couple of things I could not do in life. You know, I I, I would mm-hmm. want to do it. One is being a pilot. You don't want me landing your planes. I, <laughs> it's something about coming in and holding it steady, and a surgeon. You know, I could probably be right. a dentist, but I, I'm sure this year a couple of cavities would run me off. You know. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Pretty so you went into therapy. When you say therapy, that has yeah. a broad meaning. There, yeah. what 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 type mm-hmm. of therapy did you go into? Uh, I went into with the you know physical occupational therapy. Yes, I'm a um, licensed occupational therapist, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I I'm very creative in that aspect. That's why I am an entrepreneur. But I love to help people too. So that fit right into what I needed to do, you know, because occupational therapy is using your creativity to help people with deficits. You know what I'm saying? Rather it's mental, rather it's physical, rather it's, you know, anything. You can really help the kids with autism and special needs. It's so many different aspects that occupational therapy work in. So, yeah, so I found my love there. You know, right. my my right. mother, <laughs> my mother-in-law and sister-in-law are, are registered nurses, and they used to always complain about their jobs. Right, right. <laughs> right. Like, well, you know, the interesting thing about it is that when I hear this conversation that you're giving, and mm-hmm. thank you for calling on the show, Money Making Conversation, Masterclass, is that, you know, when you start talking about salad dressing and you hear the word, because everybody wants your salad dressing to be great and good. And, yeah. and we're going to talk about it in a minute because I don't want to cross into this break because I want to talk about how you got on the shelves and how this whole product. Okay. But when you talk about sure. words, these are the words that run people away when they hear them. Mm-hmm. They, they, in their mind, it doesn't taste good because we're so mentally. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the, 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 the racial African-American community, especially. They hear words like vegan, ah, dairy free, ah, low sodium, ah, Gluten free. Right, right, right. oh, that's not gonna taste good. You know. <laughs> am I telling the truth? I promise you, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Low sodium. Black people hanging up on you. I'm telling exactly. you right now. Low sodium. They. We got to have our salt. Okay. We got to have our salt. You ain't even. That is so true. <laughs> now, now, Miss Scott. So, so tell everybody why too much salt is bad for you, though. Too much salt is bad for you. For one, it, it swells you up inside. It mm-hmm. increases. It, it helps. I'm sorry, Noah. No, Noah. I'm sorry, guys. So it <laughs> Noah want to talk. Okay. <laughs> it increases your volume in your blood vessels, and it helps, which decreases the amount of your blood flow. 
right. you know, which increases your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's. And that's where the amazing. silent killer comes in, right? That we are talking about, mm-hmm. you know, cause you hear these statements all the time. He was, he looked so healthy to me. Mm-hmm. He, he was just old yeah. and we were laughing. Right. And unfortunately, exactly. when you reminisce back to your mom's death, she was doing mm-hmm. everyday chores. She was just living life. Oh, yeah. And then she said, I yeah. can't breathe. I need to get some air. Yeah. And she passed away. Yep. So, so we can yep. walk through life feeling mm-hmm. good and ignore signs. Yep. Yep. It's, it's really like a gentle swelling that you don't really recognize, you know, mm-hmm. and so you, they say, oh, you have high blood pressure. You're like, really? I do. You know, you don't really feel it. It's a, it's an internal gentle swelling that's coming from that sodium. You know what I'm saying? So you want to keep that sodium low. You want to also continue to keep moving because that helps to, to, you know, it helps to provide the vasodilation at those veins. Okay, you just uh, said a big word there. Yeah. We're going to go to break here and come back. <laughs> Dilation, you know. I don't want to lose all your, your listeners with these with these turns. I'm trying to keep them around, Ms. Scott. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You know, I, I don't want to shy away from the reality of the the the, the your food is a good product. It's, it's very popular. It's being sold online. But we have to say why it's also valuable to you as a health mm-hmm. product. You know, like, Absolutely. you know, people recommend, you know, they say take an aspirin a day, keep it, you know, mm-hmm. people say that. And, you know, I always keep a cough drop in my in my cabinet at home. If, I, if my throat mm-hmm. feels a little sore, I'll, I'll pop a cough drop in a minute. I always tell people, I'm not going to wait till I get sick. If I feel kind of like it's coming, I call that preventive. And so I look at what you, when when I'm reading about your product, when I hear these Mm -hmm. terms about, you know, uh, this is something that you didn't, you created, but you didn't intend or fully understand the impact it would have on people. I'm sure you're getting a lot of testimonials about how, how their food, your salad dressing is impacting people's lives. Let's talk about that. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I get pictures from customers all the time. And then, you know, it's just, um, it's inspiring. It's it, it actually what keeps me going, you know, for people to um, give me the feedback of why they like it, how they like it and how they're using it and how it's benefiting them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it, it lets me know that the whole purpose is being, you know, is being, you know, created here because um, that I created it for people, not really for myself. I do use the product and I love it but I really created it for others to benefit off of it. And like when my mom passed, I didn't know that it was the number one killer. Like that's, it's not talked about enough, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, Mm -hmm. it's the number one killer, even despite COVID, it's still the number one killer. Every year there are like so many new diagnoses, 1.5 million new diagnoses to cardiovascular disease related ailments. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's crazy. And a lot of it is because of lack of education. People don't realize that they can have good food that tastes delicious without all that junk in there. You know, um, we have a lot of products that are on the shelf that are salad dressings, marinated, are loaded in chemicals, loaded right. stuff that shocked me that I didn't even know when I started the product that that stuff was in there. Like stuff you can't pronounce, stuff they use in grass fertilizer, but yet we wonder why all the dialysis centers are popping up in our community. Why is that? No one's really talking about what we need to have in our diets each and every day to stay healthy. You know, what we need to be eating each and every day. Well, you know, to keep our blood pressure intact. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm one of those bad people. 
I'm not gonna. I, 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 you can line me up. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit on this show like I'm a saint now. You know, I'm. A, I gotta admit, I'm. A, I'm one of those people that eating that. Like you said, some ingredients you can't announce the words. <laughs> That's me. All right. I, I look. I, I've never. I, I would tell you this, Miss Scott. I've never looked at a bottle. Picked up a bottle and looked at the back. I look at the front. Oh if the color's God. right, I say that's been a great. I shake the I shake the salad dressing, and go. Uh, oh, it, it moves in the bottle pretty good. Or oh, I heard that name or that brand. I'm I'm. It's it's in my it's in my basket. I've never turned it around and went. Okay, them some. I totally get it. I totally get it. And you know what? And it's okay because that's what most people are doing, and that's why I. I that's why. I, you that's know, why I you own money making conversation masterclass. That's why. That's gonna tell the truth. I. I have to bring a, a somebody who can slap me in my forehead and say stop. I'm here to stop the madness here. Now, how yeah. did you create this product? Let's let's talk about the journey. Let's talk about the dream. We sure. talked about the sadness. Absolutely. You talked about the inspiration. Okay. How did you create this product? And who helped mm-hmm. you? You know, I know, you know, we all start with the oil and vinegar base on different yeah. things. You know, vinaigrette is like the number one. If you don't know how to make it yeah. a salad dressing, oil and vinaigrette. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. But my mom, my mom was a the young lady on had a huge family. I come from a big family too. I'm one of 14. I'm actually number 13 of 14 mm-hmm. from the same mom and dad. So my mom cooked every day. Every day she made these healthy, they weren't healthy, home cooked meals that were delicious. Mm-hmm. So her products are, I would take them to work. Like the salads, I would take them to work and the coworkers love the product. Like I was a salad girl. Like I had to bring that to every function we had. I they wouldn't let me leave. It was like I heard stuff of like don't let her leave till we get the recipe, stuff like that. <laughs> so pretty much my mom recipes. I just made them heart healthy mm-hmm. recipes from the home cooked meals that we would have every day. I made them heart healthy and made them you know delicious. You know I, I wanted them to still taste good because no one wants to eat a healthy product that doesn't taste good consistently. You know, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That, that's why I mentioned that because of the fact that we tend to run, and I, mm-hmm. we I'm gonna include the we, meaning Rashawn yeah. McDonald, tend to run from things <laughs> that we feel doesn't taste right or not doesn't mm-hmm. taste. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a taste we grew up. We grew up to know. Or we're used to eating and we reject it mm-hmm. immediately. Don't even give it a shot. So, 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 but you have a brand, you know, how did you start mixing the right ingredients? I guess I want to know, you know, cause you, I'm, I'm exactly. assuming you started in your home kitchen, correct? Yes. Well, the product, the, the recipes are my mom's. I just made them heart healthy, which means oh, okay. like, I took. I took the bad stuff out and put good stuff in. Okay, you know, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, mm-hmm. What 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 would you consider uh, uh, the bad stuff you took out? And I'm not saying it bad in a bad way. You, this right. we, we're trying to turn a meal that's mm-hmm. really good into a healthy right. product, right? Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so we know low stuff. sodium. You had, it probably mm-hmm. had salt, and you turned that into well, what type of salt would you have used? Was it kosher salt, we or use, what? What do you do? We what? use mineralized mineralized pink Himalayan sea salt. Which is beneficial to the body. It's not going to cause you. That's to not more than. That. That's not more than, right? right? That's not more than. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. I grew up on that little, that little blue, blue salt the box. The lady with the umbrella. Right, right. That's me. That's me. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> I know, right? And that's you know, that good old it, it is. You, you, you lost me at Himalayan. I'm gonna just say it right now. You lost me at Himalayan. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, sorry. 
<laughs> I love oh, it. I love it. But Lord knows I need to be. I, this is something that, that needs to be on my table because of the fact that you're telling yeah. me, Rashad, you're over, you're over 60. You should look at your yeah. diet oh, differently. Yeah. OK, yeah. just because you get up and you you think you're looking fine in the mirror when you when you look in <laughs> when you're leaving the house. Yeah, your so your your blood pressure, which I do go to the doctor twice a year. I do that, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, as you mm-hmm. get older, you know, you want to yeah. meet. You know, you start thinking about meeting God as you get older. I have oh, on. Yeah. Let, me, let me see how far I can <laughs> hold off this this, this meat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that so, is so true. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we do at some time have to say, okay, I got to do better. You know, I got to do that. Right, and right. I'm not saying to say don't have what you like every now and then. Right. But on that normal, consistent, everyday basis, we got to we got to really start putting some, you know, we got to start like really being involved with what's going on and it going into our bodies. You know what I'm saying? Now, you also have a marinade. You have a salad dressing. And I because I, I, I did, you know, I, I, I looked up because I knew you was coming on the show. And I looked up some things you were uh-huh. doing. So these salad dressings sure. also can be put on sandwich as used as a sandwich spread yeah. as well correct yes it's like you know people have sent me recipes with all kind of stuff they've done with them but they are dressings and marinades like you can marinate your salmon your shrimp your chicken in them and i mean just delicious and still add any additional like onion powder garlic powder if that's what you want but it just really changes the flavor and makes it something delicious. And more importantly, when you're using ours, it doesn't have all those chemicals in it. Because, see, a lot of those chemicals, the stuff they use in grass fertilizer, stuff like that, like why is that even in food, you know? So that's one main important thing that, you know, you don't want to just be pouring stuff on the – you go make this beautiful salad. Now you got all this stuff out of this dressing bottle. It's like, what are you doing, right, you know? right. Right. And uh, I'm not saying don't have ranch every now and then, okay? No. Well, I'm going to tell you <laughs> something. I'm going to tell you something. So, um, if, if, if you lived as long as I've had lived, then you've uh-huh. had ranch too much. Okay, let me go. Ranch and just it's you you ranched out. Okay, yeah, it's time yeah. to look at it. Look at your life and your eating habits from a different way. And that's what this episode yeah. is about. This reason I brought you on the show mm-hmm. because I'm talking about mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur. I'm talking about planning yeah. your life. Uh-huh. A way of planning your life is also how you eat, and how oh, you yeah. eat determines. Well, you can have a good day. You know, we're just coming Absolutely. out of COVID. We saw that COVID impacted the minority yeah. community more than any other community. And what was it tied to? High blood pressure. Yep. Uh, Absolutely. Overweight. Yep. You know, uh, yep. poor eating habits. And so we were attacked the first Absolutely. by COVID. Yep. And so, and so it, I feel it's, a, it's fortunate that now you've made something available that doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't attack our palate to say, ooh, this is not good. But this is something that people are now finding value, not only in a good food mm-hmm. that you've created, a good salad dressing marinade that you've created, but something they can enjoy. Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't like people don't want to leave the house like when I would make it at home for family functions, and they're like, I know you got that salad, that strawberry <laughs> salad, or that apple pecan salad today, you know. And you can switch it up, you know. Different recipes are on our website at scmarie.com. So you can you can get those recipes and switch them up any kind of way you like. But people literally like, I know you made my salad, right? I know that's going to be salad. <laughs> um, some kind of way I became a salad lady. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you're so enjoyable to interview. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I, I love the, the salad you've been making, Rashawn. Oh my God, you've been cutting up. Those well, I'm trying. I'll tell you something. I've been ranched out. I'm, it's time for me to change my eating habits. We're gonna be back with more. We're gonna talk about the different dressings that you've made, uh, okay. in, in, in your product line, I should say. But also, yeah. mm-hmm. just talk about how did you manage to get in stores and how people started discovering sure. your product on the shelves. Because that's the exciting Absolutely. part. Because we all have yeah. dreams, but when people start seeing mm-hmm. your dream and start championing your dream, that's a different that's a different high. Mm-hmm. But it started yep. somewhere, Miss Scott, in regards to we, we the recipes were the foundation. You changed them up. I mm-hmm. uh, took some of the, li- mm-hmm. the, the as you say the word bad things out of the recipe and made them health yeah. conscious. Let's use the word health mm-hmm. conscious into the recipe. Mm-hmm. Now you. Okay, it had. What was that transition step to put it in a bottle and then take it to a store and then they put it on the shelf? Talk about that. Right, absolutely. So you know, you have the recipe. We all have recipes, right? So you you just create the recipe, and then once you create the recipe, packaging is so important. You know, um, making sure whatever it is you're selling, if it's some bakery, if it's if it's uh, potato chips, if it's stuff that goes in bottles, you want to make sure that you have it up to, to whatever it is your competition is, you right. know, um, you know. So did you go in the store plastic. looking at your competition, looking at their packaging? What were your idea yeah. to say? Yeah. Okay. Cause I'm telling you in yeah. the salad dressing world, mm-hmm. it's a, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is. believe me, lie. I go down that aisle, and like I said, I just look at the bottle that has the nice yes. color on it or a familiar oh, yeah. brand name, and then I, mm-hmm. I pick it up, and I'm good. I, I cannot tell yeah. you <laughs> why I bought it other than the fact that name sounds familiar. Like that, like right. that. I think I've had that before, okay? <laughs> and then I get it, I'm out. Not that, I, and it's based right. on memory. So you're battling, <laughs> you know, people who are tied to tradition, people who are tied yeah. to not wanting to change, mm-hmm. and also yes. people don't experiment that much in the salad dressing Absolutely. lane. They so, don't. They stick to what they know, and that's it, you know. And so, so growing what, a brand is, yeah, it's, it's you got to really be in, involved intuitively. Like, you have to do it on purpose. Like, people, they're so used to their brand that they've been buying for years. When they come in the store, they're so... They're just focused on getting what's on their list, you know. So right. You have to find creative ways to introduce them to your flavors, you know, doing the store promo. Okay, cool. Let's let's like stop that. right there. When you say creative ways mm-hmm. to introduce them to mm-hmm. your flavors, how did you do that? Yep. Um, we do a lot of store promos, in-store promos. Um, you know, we um, go out to community events. My passion is talking to people in the community because I like to educate with this product because that's why it was created in memory of my mom who died of heart disease. Essie Marie was my mom. Right. So this product was created with a purpose to educate the communities about heart disease and um, alternative, delicious alternatives. <laughs> Right. And to what we used what we're used to, like you said, Rashawn. Yep. No, no, no. Let's let's slow everything down here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who did you tell this idea to to say, you know something? I think I can get in the salad dressing business. And did they say, Go for it or they went, Girl, you crazy. What 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 what, what, what statement did you get out the box? Well, <laughs> well, people, they, they harassed me for it. So I told my husband, I said, mm-hmm. look, I need to do something meaningful with this. I need to do something meaningful with this. And, you know, he, he knows I'm an entrepreneur by heart. Like, I've done lots of stuff in the past. But 
he, he, you know, he understand my passion of losing my mom and stuff like that. So, you know, he was like, okay, well, we can just try it, you know. So when he gave me the green light, I said, let me just get the planning, you know. Everything starts with the plan. So right. first and foremost, whatever it is you want to do, you want to write it out, write mm-hmm. every step down, look at your competition, make sure you have it all together, you know, find out the rules and regulations of that product, you know, because everything you make can't just be put in the stores. You know, being in Whole Foods is a big deal for us here um whole foods has a whole separate list of standards like you every product that you see and want can't be in whole foods and um so that landing in there is major you know it's just like a major accomplishment okay and, good. Um, so how did you how, okay because you know i don't want to miss these steps because you know you uh-huh. we know it's major right. you're an african-american right. female mm-hmm. you know you're a therapist you know you're not a mm-hmm. you know you're not trained in and making salad mm-hmm. dresses for a living. No. You didn't get a, a recommendation letter from a competitor mm-hmm. that makes salad dressing. No. <laughs> I got this uh, no. salad dressing. Did you, do you have to give them a sample to taste or you come in for a tasting session? How yep. does that work? Yep. That's what happened. Whole Foods was opening in Chicago in a um, local community in Inglewood. Right. And they were looking for entrepreneurs. Um, and so, you know, they was like, oh, you don't live in the area. No, you don't fit. So I guess they needed to meet a quota or something. I was like, I was like, okay, God, if that's what you want, then I won't be there because they said no, you know. But then they called me back and was like, oh, can you please calm it down? Miss <laughs> God, you funny. Okay, whatever. <laughs> right. right. Just because I don't live in this zip code. Did you walk out there with some right. attitude? <laughs> I was just like, I was like, okay, God, I guess it ain't my time then, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, so you, they you, told me, you, you're so like, funny. What? First of all, I enjoyed this interview. I, I haven't laughed this much in a long time because I could just see you walk out of that mad as heck. Went home, <laughs> said some fancy words to your husband about what you thought of Whole Foods. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm gonna tell you how old you are. <laughs> and so they called you back. They called you back. They okay. called me back for a sampling, for a tasting. I went down to their corporate office because it always starts with the corporate. If you right. want to get your product in <laughs> okay. stores or okay. what have you, so how many how many bottles did you take down there? So a couple I of them to throw I at could. them just in case they said no. <laughs> I took a ready-made salad and I had a couple bottles, you know, okay. of the top ones that people love. Okay. And they were just extremely impressed. Like, right. It was extreme. And like, we, we outsold all their major brands. Wow. And we're still doing, we're still doing that. Wow. And, you know, being an African-American woman, I've received pushback, major pushback. Uh-huh. But I'm going, I'm just not that, I'm not cut from that cloth that's going to stop. So right. I don't care. You could put me on the bottom shelf. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to tell my people where to find me at. I'm going to be there. You're going to tell this, just crawl in the store. I'm on the bottom shelf. You see right. me. Right. <laughs> I'm on the bottom. You got to be right there. <laughs> and so, and so, so that's, yeah. Wow. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. this is, uh, we're having a lot of fun and I'm enjoying this interview with you <laughs> the beauty of yeah. your story it starts sad but wow mm-hmm. it's proven to be a blessing <laughs> to so many people and 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 you know because like I said it put you on that bottom shelf and then you start going up shelf shelves when they came back yeah. and told you you know uh people seem to like yeah. your S.E. Marie's what what did that what did it ring to it's just like you know if you were a musical artist you driving and then you hear your song on the radio yeah, that, I think that would be comparable to that when you got that call, right? 
from Whole Foods. I promise you, it's it's crazy. Like they were like, you outsold all the major brands we've had for years in like you know like the first month and stuff like that. So that was just like mind blowing. I was like, okay, people like this stuff. They really like this. Stuff. Okay, so the next <laughs> step of so, question, I'm sure my audience will go. Okay, what? What will help you to expand? What is stopping you from going cross country and leaving the Chicago market because your product is selling so well in that in that regional mm-hmm. market? What what's the next step? Yeah. We're looking I'm open to investors, you know, mm-hmm. investors to help expand the brand cuz you know, it's a multi-billion dollar industry and mm-hmm. um I'm the only black girl doing this. Right. And um, people mm-hmm. love it. They love it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like I want to give people something that's helping them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a product that's delicious and tastes good. It helps people. You know, um, that's my that's my reason and my why of wanting to do this, you know, because no 15 year old or anyone younger than me, my sister was 14, should have to lose their best friend right. to something they didn't even know. Right. Existed wow. in their parents, you know what I'm saying. So, but you can't, but you can't order, and you do ship out of state, correct? Oh yeah, we ship nationwide. We've shipped to every state so far. We get repeat orders all the time. We ship a lot in Atlanta. Ship a lot in Texas, California. You know, Tabitha Brown is a big supporter. She comes to Chicago and she looks for us at Oakland. That just really just <laughs> blew my mind. that blew my mind. Right, it's beautiful. But yeah, so that's. It's just been an amazing experience and something and like it took my husband by whirlwind. Like, you know, he has this whole separate things of what he loved to do, but he didn't expect for it to do what it's doing now. So what's stopping me is mainly, you know, like I said, going into other investing. If I had a great investor would be great. And, you know, because of COVID shut down a lot of um right. manufacturing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So we had to go out of state to find a, a better manufacturer. So we're we're working on all those things. But okay. those are the those are just the only two things. <laughs> sure. Well, I'll tell you something. Thank you for calling in on Money Making Conversation Masterclass, uh, an amazing product. Essa Marie's salad dressing based out of Chicago. You can go online. Thank you. And we're going to talk soon. First of all, you made my heart, as they say, stronger (laughs) in this interview. I appreciate you. Stay safe, okay? We talk soon. I appreciate you guys. God bless (laughs) y'all. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Always remember to lead with your gifts. Money Making Conversations Masterclass is a presentation of 3815 Media Incorporated. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald for Money Making Conversations with your daily Minute of Inspiration. This week I sat down with comedian and actress who currently stars on Stars Run the World and Lifetime's Merry Little Christmas Baby, Brescia Webb. And she shares her discussions about being a well-rounded artist and honing her craft. I try to be experimental in my creativity. And right. so we dared each other to start doing stand-up. I've been doing it for over 10 years, you know, just being really uh, thrusted into the comedic world. I was on Love That Girl. One of the requirements to play I'm Unique was for me to do stand-up. So that just made me do that even more. But, you know, at the end of the day, I love acting, you know, like that's my main thing. So to go on the road and commit to that is always something that I have to always convince my team. If you want to listen to this full interview with Brescia Webb, it's available on moneymakingconversations.com. 